Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. Today, I will be chatting with author and stroke survivor Mark Moore. Today's episode is brought to you by Minnesota Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists for experience in treating post-concussion rehabilitation, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraine. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health rehabilitation in Minnesota. They've greatly helped me and many others in the Twin Cities. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Also, I want to make sure everyone knows about the Brain Health Online Summit we have lined up for June 5th through 9th. This is a free online event with over 20 presentations brought to you by either um, practitioners or TBI survivors and caregivers. But you do need to be registered. So go to thebrainhealthonlinesummit.com for more information and to get registered. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zellmer, and you are listening to the Faces of TBI podcast series, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with me, I'm a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor on the Huffington Post, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council, and I recently released my first book, Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal. You can learn more about me at facesoftbi.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. Today, my guest is Mark Moore. Mark is a philanthropist and a successful businessman. Along with his wife, Brenda, a former nurse, Mark has established the Mark and Brenda Moore and Family Foundation, through which he supports advances in healthcare, education, culture and the arts, and Christian evangelism. Prior to engaging full-time in his philanthropic work, Mark was chief operating officer and co-owner of Segovia, Inc., a leading provider of global internet protocol services to the U.S. Defense Department. Mark is also the Mid-Atlantic Ambassador for the American Stroke Association and the author of the memoir, A Stroke of Faith. Mark's new memoir follows his journey from successful businessman to the unexpected stroke victim and survivor. Now retired, Mark spends his days educating people about stroke prevention and awareness sharing his inspirational story with those who have suffered strokes and other traumatic ailments and giving back to his community. Thank you so much for being here today, Mark. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you here and to hear your story. Um, I know many of the people that um, are part of my TBI tribe on Facebook Um, You know, they've been the victim of a stroke, so I am very happy to have you here today and talking about your experience and, you know, just inspiring people to know that they can get through it to the other side. So, Mark, how about you sharing with us 
how about you start by sharing with us um, your story and what happened? I know you had two um, consecutive strokes that you survived. Yes, Amy. Uh, in 2007, at the age of 46, I developed a blood deficiency, and because of that blood deficiency, my blood began to clot. Well, unbeknownst to me, um, this was occurring. The clot caused me to have a stroke the Saturday before Mother's Day in 2007, and while still hospitalized the Monday after Mother's Day, I suffered a second stroke. The second stroke led to some complications, and I had to perform a major brain surgery, a craniectomy, to relieve the pressure on the brain. I ended up being hospitalized for six weeks in a medically-induced coma for four of those six weeks. And when I came out of the coma, I found myself with many deficits, um, loss of peripheral vision, a significant weakness on the left side, and, and, and I could not walk. Wow. And so you were in the hospital with your first stroke while you suffered that is correct. It was when, when I got to the hospital, what they well, obviously what they didn't realize at that point was I had a blood deficiency. So they thought initially that maybe I had experienced what they call, you know, a mini stroke. I guess they don't like to use that term anymore now. Um, um, but they thought it was a mini stroke at the time. Um, but it turns out, as I said, Amy, I had a blood deficiency. My blood was clotting. So that Monday after Mother's Day, another clot formed, and it caused me to have a second stroke. Wow. And so when you came out of that medically induced coma, and like what kind of things did you have to relearn? Did you have to relearn how to walk and talk and eat? Um, what were the, some of the things you had to deal with? Well, in, when I walked, after six weeks when I first woke up, um, while I was in there, obviously, uh, uh, you know, clearly, you know, I was not able to do anything that immobilized my head, um, so I wasn't able to move and, and for, for a host of reasons. But after coming out of that coma, I could not walk. Um, uh, speech came back relatively, relatively quickly. Um, I would say yeah, within a matter of days, I was able to speak, uh, but couldn't walk. Um, couldn't tie my shoe. Um, you know, if you told me your name, Amy, within five minutes, I would have forgotten your name. Uh, I couldn't remember <laughs> yep. anything at that point. Yeah, I totally can relate to that. Um, so how how did you start your journey to recovering? I know you say now that you are pretty much mostly recovered. Um, and so maybe you can walk us through some of the things you did to help yourself in your recovery. Well, yes, I will. Um, and, and as you all know, Amy, it's, recovery takes it takes a long time. Um, and I say initially, um, I went through a range of emotions. You know, the the anger and the, the denial and the fear, mm-hmm. and wasn't sure this was something that I was capable of doing, even wanted to do. But fortunately for me, Amy, I really uh, I read a book by John Wooden many years ago, and he talked about when you go through trials and tribulations in life, to turn to your three S, your faith, your family, and your friends. And, Amy, I remember that um, as a, early in this process, and I simply said, you know what, I'm going to turn to my faith, I'll turn to my family, and I'll turn to my friends. And I'll tell you, the three S absolutely helped me get through this process. Yeah, that, that, that's, you know, that's really great, just great advice in general, the three F's, 
friends, family, and faith. Yes. And, you know, in your situation, you had a stroke, you were in the hospital. I think that's a lot easier for families to, oh, I'm trying to think how I want to word this. It's easier for them to grasp the severity of what you're going through, opposed to someone like me who, you know, I just fell on the ice and you just have a concussion. Um, you know, I think yours was a lot more serious, and therefore I think it's you know, like I said, it's easier for friends and family to kind of grasp the severity of what's happening. Um, and, it, you know, it sounds like your friends and family were amazing and supportive through your recovery. Um, and, you know, at, at, when you when you originally went home, what would you say was, like, the biggest help from your friends and family? Yeah, I would say the biggest help um, for me was, one, they they were very very compassionate, and and the fact of the matter you you all know Amy when you go through this, um, when you one day you can walk and tie your shoe and do all those things, and then it seems like the next day you can't do any of those things, it's a shock, and it and it's and you know it's, it's very difficult to believe right it's like I'm 46 I've done this my whole life, I can't do it now. So it, it can be a challenge, and it's and it's very very helpful if you can have family friends who are one supportive and compassionate, and 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 when when you can't remember their name, you know after five minutes that they don't say, hey, don't you remember my name, Mark? Come on, come on, you know they're very very compassionate, <laughs> and I would say that would that would be the biggest thing because you know as you all know, Amy, um, I tell people when you go through this process. Um, of having a, a TBI, not only is it, is it certainly a physical challenge, it's a mental challenge as well, right? Um, and I tell, I go, trust me, it's as much as as much mental as it is physical. So you're dealing with two elements, and it's very helpful to have people who have compassion and compassion and sympathy and empathy to help you through the process. Yeah, you know, I think you've really hit that. You know, if there's anyone listening that's a caregiver or a friend or a coworker, you know, I think that is the biggest thing is just to offer your compassion and to understand that we're not going to get better overnight. It's, this is a long haul. You know, I'm three years out, and I'm just starting to really feel like myself wow. again. Those first 18 months, you know, you kind of alluded to it earlier, like, do I even want to go through this, you know? It's like That's right, that's right. This, you're thrown into this new world, you know, like. And the yeah, other thing, and I think, Amy, you touched on But, you know, we have to be open to to receive help. And that's what I tell people, you know, because yes. if I would have closed off family and friends, you know, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here today. We've got to be open to receive their help, and that's very, very important. You know, we want them to be sympathetic and empathetic, but we also must be open to receive them. And and my wife was wonderful as I went through the process and helping me get through it. But had had I shut her out, you know, again, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Um, and 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 that can be a difficult thing to do because. As you know, you all know, Amy, when you're struggling to walk again and do all these things that, that you've done your whole life, you're taking it for granted. And it can be embarrassing, too, right, to be struggling to walk in front of a loved one. You know, uh, you know, as I went through my rehab, you know, 
my physical therapist, or not, not, not my all my therapists, they said, hey, is it okay if your wife sits through the therapy sessions? And I tell them, yes, it's okay. And, and, I, and I was a little confused. I'm like, why are you asking me that question? And I'm like, well, because you're the patient. And two, some patients don't want their spouse to see them struggling to tie their shoe or to or to remember words after five minutes or you know and unfortunately for me amy that was not i it, it didn't bother me uh, and i'm glad it didn't and i think because by willing to be open and to receive family and, and loved ones i think it enabled them to help me recover Yeah, and you know, and I think it's also important to understand in some brain injuries that the the um, the pushing away and the self isolation that's actually part of the brain injury. You know, it's not that they want to do that; it's that that's how their brain has been affected. And I know that can be really challenging on the on the loved ones. That that is a, that is a good point, Amy. Um, yeah, fortunately, in my case, uh, that was not the case. Um, so I would tell you, look, you know, like I said, you're right. If if that's part of, part of the um, the brain injury, then obviously, you know, we'll have to deal with that one. But if it is not, it's important to re- to allow loved ones to receive to, to receive them and allow them to allow you to to allow them to help you recover. Mm-hmm. And and I know you talk about on your recovery, um, you you used a lot of self motivation, and I would like to really have you touch on that because I feel that that I speak to that a lot. I'm a big believer in the power of positive thinking, and you know I know even in the first year, my dark days, it was hard for me to find my own self motivation. Um, so I would love for you to speak about some of the things you did for your own self-motivation. And, and, and Amy, you're absolutely right. It, it's hard. But as I went through, one of the things that I realized early, I listened to gospel music all the time because I found it motivational and uplifting and it reminded me to go back to what I, where, I, where, where I need to go personally, which is to turn to my faith. And that also motivated me as well by simply turning to my faith. But to your point, gospel music was a big part of my process. You know, Amy, I listened to it every time, every chance I got um, as I was preparing to, to start walking in. And I wanted to run a 5K on anniversary day. I, as I trained to get ready for that, or I said prepare, I don't want to say train, I said prepare to get ready for that. Amy, I listened to gospel music all the time. When I came home from rehab and I went in my kitchen and I practiced taking dishes from, from the top cabinet, from the top shelf of the cabinet on a table and put them back up. You know, Amy, I had my iPod with my headset on, listening to gospel music as I practiced those things. As I sat in a chair with my bare feet, and you've done these things, Amy, and you, you, they tell you to put a bathroom towel on the floor and just use your, tall, use your toes to, to grab the, the bathroom towel, all those things, I practice those things um, by listening to gospel music through the process. And what I tried to avoid at that time was, and I think back today, you know, in, in this day and age, and when you think about the political climate and there's, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of negativity. I was talking to someone the other day, I'm like, if I was recovering from my stroke today, 
I probably wouldn't want to listen to that kind of stuff because it's just too negative, and I want to stay positive. As I went through recovery, it was very, very important for me to stay positive. And I mentioned in the book, Amy, as I, as I went through it, one of the things I did not do, and, I, and my wife, she wasn't aware of this until I wrote the book, uh, some of the things I was experiencing, she goes, hey, you never talked about those things. And you've been there, Amy. And I go, no, I did not. I said, because I couldn't control what I was thinking, right? So even though the doctor told me, hey, you're going to walk again, don't think about it. You know, Amy, you think about it, right? I'm like, guys, yeah, I, I, it's, it's nice to say that, but it did go through my mind. What if I can never walk again? But the one thing I never did, Amy, I never uttered those words. I never spoke those words to anyone, to my wife, to friends, nothing. And, and I, at the point, I didn't want to, because it was a, the challenge was big enough. I didn't want to, I didn't want to compound the issue by then speaking about it. But I did mention, I did admit to my wife, I didn't think about it, but I just didn't utter the words. And I, that's one one thing I would tell people: try to stay in a positive frame of mind is very, very important. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know you really kind of hit on that with watching the words you use. You know, all the time Absolutely. I hear people say things like, this sucks, I'm never going to get better. And you're not going to get better if those are the words you're willing to say to yourself. So, you know, just shifting that and saying, you know, you know what, I'm going to beat this. I am going to get better. I am going to walk again. That's so much more power. And, Amy, you are, you are so right. But having said that, you know, I tell people in the, in the book, there's, I, I, I cited a sto- as example in the book where early I was going through that. And as my wife was bringing me back from rehab, I was in rehab for 60 days as an outpatient. And as she was bringing me back one day, and it's probably like week two, and Amy, I was using those words. I was in the car. I didn't, I didn't use the word suck. So I'm like, hey, Brent, <laughs> I'm like, this isn't working, right? And remember, and she was like, she's like, we talk. I go, Brent, this isn't working. I'm like, I'm never going to get better. And, and I remember what I told her was, but it, it, Amy, it, I could have very easily had used the words, this suck, because it, it was the same thing. I'm like, look, this isn't working. And I told my wife, and I need, remember, you, you, I, I, need to, I need to switch out my physical therapist. I need to switch out my occupational therapist, my speech therapist. And I told people, I go, you know, it was, I was letting it get to, but the good news is that my wonderful wife, Look to me, and that's why it's important to surround ourselves with people who are positive as well. Uh, looked at me and simply said, "Mark, you know you got to trust God on this one. I know it's tough." And she she admitted she goes, you know, she didn't say, "Hey, just she go." I know it's tough. She go, "I know it's tough. I know you you, you can't walk. You can't, I, go, I know it's tough, go, but you got to trust God on it." And I I needed to hear that at at that moment. Mhm. Yeah, and, and I had been, you know, that first year was really dark, especially, like, probably the first 10 months. Um, I, you know, I was very guilty of saying lots of negative things. And, you know, oh, I yeah. finally had to, sh- to make that mental awareness to shift my thoughts. You know, like, okay, all right, maybe this is the best I'm going to be. I have to learn to embrace it. Um, and that's when I started getting better was when I finally – Shift it to the positive thinking. You are so right, Amy. The fact of the matter is, and I, I was telling someone the other, the other day, I think it was last week, I'm like, look, it's not so important where you start, it's where you end up. Um, because I, I, I look, I don't yeah. want people to look at me today and think, 
Oh, man, you know, he had it figured out from day one, you know, from the very, from the very <laughs> beginning. Because I will tell you, I did not. I'm like, guys, I didn't. I yeah. struggled. I struggled. That was, it's, you know, but that's not important. It's where you end up. As long as you get there, that's what's important. Absolutely. So, Mark, I would love for you to share how you came to writing your memoir. Um, you know, I know mine kind of came about accidentally. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I would love for you to share the journey of how you came to writing your book. I probably wasn't much different than you, Amy. It was probably accidentally. Um, after um, after experiencing the um, and and and, and, and it, it, I tell people experiencing the illness in 2000 because it happened to be struck, but it could have been anything, right? Um, but after going through mm-hmm. that 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 experience and that journey, I wanted to help others, so I started the hospital that I that I went to was Mount Vernon Hospital here in Northern Virginia. I said, hey, can I speak to other stroke victims? about recovery, and they said, absolutely, you can. And, Amy, I would go to the hospital, and I would meet with the therapist who helped me, and I would say, hey, how's, um, you know, Billy Bob doing? And, Amy, they would look at me, and they were like, hey, I, we don't know. And I'm like, well, how's, how's Mary Jane doing? And they're like, yeah, we don't know. And I'm like, well, how come we don't know how anyone's doing? And they're like, Mark, to be honest with you, when people leave here, they want to forget this. They don't come back. But you don't even want to come back and talk to us. And I was I was actually shocked by that, Amy. And I'm like, really? Like, Mark, yeah. people have strokes. They want to forget it ever happened. And they want to forget this part of their life. And I'm like, wow, I really didn't. I'm like, I want to talk to people. I want people to realize that, that you can have hope and you can recover. So I started talking to people. And as I started detailing my journey, um, Amy, people would look at me and they're like, hey, Mark, you got to write a book. And the first time, you know, I you know, I just ignored it, right? I'm like, okay, I'm not writing a book, right? <laughs> but after hearing it about a dozen times, exactly, I came home and I told my wife, you know what? Maybe, maybe there's something. Maybe maybe I ought to write a book. And so then I was like, okay, well, let me, let me think about it. So I sat down and started writing a book. And as you went through it, you know, Amy, when you do it, it's therapeutic, right? And I started, really, I Absolutely. started recalling things, right, that I hadn't thought about since. I'm like, wow, you know? And this is, I mean, you know what? This can be very helpful, and for me, and so it's 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 simply about my walk um, and my journey and, and my recovery, and hopefully encouraging others that you can recover. In my case, I had two strokes and major brain surgery, and I've been afforded. Uh, they'll say a complete recovery, but you and I know, Amy, right? It's you know I'm okay. It's not really. It's it's about as close to complete recovery as, as you can get, right? Yeah. So people they go, have you? Compl-? I go, well, I go, look, I still don't have peripheral vision on the left side. I go, but but you learn to adapt to that and life moves on. But it's a wonderful yeah. recovery, and I want people to be encouraged and realize that you can recover. You know, and I think sharing your story is so powerful and. When I first shared my very first blog post that I wrote, I was just astounded at the response that I got from people who read it. And when you know that your words are helping someone else, it just it really propels you to keep moving forward with your work. So I, you know, I, writing a book is a lot of work, but it's so rewarding, isn't it? Oh, it it, it absolutely is. It's a lot of work. 
but it's unbelievably rewarding. And you're right, Amy. As I start the process, and I started go- first of all, when I started going around talking to people, and they started encouraging me to write to write the book, and and then I started <laughs> writing the book, and I'm realizing, man, this is you're right, Amy. This is wonderful. And when you meet with people, and people go, hey, Mark, you know, I was struggling here. I didn't think I was ever gonna get better, but now that I see you. You know, man, I feel so much better, you know, and, and, and I think I'm going to get better. And and it's giving people hope and hopefully giving people the little things they can do to make, make their recovery a little bit better. Um, you know, Amy, I don't know about you, but when I went through my recovery, I was telling someone one of the, one of the best things I did in the recovery was playing, was playing word search games on the iPad. And people looked at me like, are you kidding oh, me? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I said because <laughs> the brain was injured. I go and it gets the brain working again. I go and playing that versus game on the iPad. I go that was a wonderful opportunity, getting that brain reengaged and reworking. Because yes. if you know Amy, we don't know. We don't understand everything about the brain today, right? And we still don't. But the fact of the matter is, some brain cells can repair itself. Not all, but some can. But the other thing the brain will do, it will rewire itself. So you can continue to do the things you did before. It just is rewiring the brain. And I tell people, so don't be thinking you can't do it. Yeah, I go, it, go, it, you may have difficulty today, but that doesn't mean the brain won't figure it out and won't rewire itself, and you can do this tomorrow. So I, t- I tell people, I go, look, Absolutely. the fact of the matter is just about everything I, everything I, I did before, I can do today, the only difference I know, Amy, is that it may take a nanosecond longer to get to the same point. I go, but I tell I go, guys, <laughs> w- w- why are we worrying about a nanosecond, right? <laughs> I'm like, we're getting there. That's all. That's all. That's all we're concerned with. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's, the brain is an amazing organ in how it can repair and rewire itself. So it, those Absolutely. brain games truly do help. <laughs> so, Mark, thank you oh, it, so it absolutely helped me for being here. We are just about out of time. And I just want the listeners to know um, they can find your book in the show notes. I have the Amazon link there for anyone who's interested. And, again, the name of the book is A Stroke of Faith. And thank you just so much for sharing your story today, Mark. Oh, Amy, thank you for the opportunity, and thank you for everything you're doing with your blog to help people, because you're right, we got to do everything we can to help folks with traumatic brain injuries. Oh, absolutely. Thanks again, Mark. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope that you took away some golden nuggets today from Mark's talk, and I hope that you enjoyed the show. And another big thanks to our sponsor, Minnesota Functional Neurology the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain rehabilitation in Minnesota. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. And be sure to visit facesoftbi.com to listen to any of the previous podcasts and see any upcoming topics that we have lined up. And, again, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Thank you all for being a part of my journey, and I will see you all again next time. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great day.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.